0: Appendix four of Personal Narrative of Pilgrimage to El Medina and Mecca by Richard Francis Burton. This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. Appendix four of Personal Narrative of Pilgrimage to El Medina and Mecca by Richard Francis Burton. The navigation and voyages of Ludovicus Virtomanus, Gentleman of Rome, AD fifteen oh three, part two. Chapter fifteen. Of the form and situation of the city of Mecca, and why the Mahometans resort thither. Now the time requireth to speak somewhat of the famous city of Mecca or Mecca, what it is, how it is situate, and by whom it is governed. The city is very fair and well inhabited, and containeth in round form six thousand houses as well builded as ours, and some that cost three or four thousand pieces of gold. It hath no walls about two furlongs from the city is a mount footnote this is probably jabal warqan on the dirba sultani or sea road to mecca for the muslim tradition about its sinaitic origin see chapter twenty and a footnote where the way is cut out which leadeth to a plain beneath it is on every side fortified with mountains in the stead of walls or bulwarks and hath four entries the governor is a sultan and one of the four brethren of the progeny of mahomet and is subject to the sultan of babylon of whom we have spoken before his other three brethren be at continual war with him the eighteenth day of may we entered into the city by the north side then by a declining way we came into a plain on the south side are two mountains the one very near the other distant only by a little valley which is the way that leadeth to the gate of mecca on the east side is an open place between two mountains like into a valley footnote the saniyat Kuda, a pass opening upon the mecca plain here two towers are now erected and a footnote and is the way to the mountain where they sacrifice to the patriarchs abraham and isaac footnote. An error the sacrifice is performed at munah not on arafat the mountain here alluded to and a footnote this mountain is from the city about ten or twelve miles and the height of three stones cast it is of stone and as hard as marble yet no marble footnote the material is a close gray granite and a footnote in the top of the mountain is a temple or mesquita made after their fashion and hath three ways to enter into it footnote the form of the building has now been changed and a footnote at the foot of the mountain are two cisterns which concierge water without corruption of these the one is reserved to minister water to the camels of the caravan of babylon or al and the other for them of damasco it is rain water and is derived far off footnote the meccans have a tradition concerning it that it is derived from baghdad and a footnote but to return to speak of the city for as touching the manner of sacrifice which they use at the foot of the mountain we will speak hereafter entering therefore into the city we found there the caravana of memphis or babylon which prevented us eight days and came not the way that we came this caravana contained score and four thousand camels and a hundred mamluks to guide them and here ought you to consider that By the opinion of all men, this city is greatly cursed of God, as apparently by the great barrenness thereof, for it is destitute of all manners of fruits and corn. Footnote. Muslims who are disposed to be facetious on serious subjects often remark that it is a mystery why Allah should have built his house in a spot so barren and desolate. End of footnote it is scorched with dryness for lack of water and therefore the water is there grown to such a price that you cannot for twelve pence buy as much water as will satisfy your thirst for one day now therefore i will declare that what provision they have for victuals the most part is brought them from the city of babylon Otherwise named Memphis, Cairo, or El qair a city of the river of nilus in Egypt, as we have said before, and is brought by the Red Sea, called Mer Erythrium, from a certain port named Gidda, a distance from Mecca forty miles. Footnote: This is still correct. Suez supplies Gidda with corn and other provisions, and a footnote: the rest of their provisions is brought from Arabia Felix, that is, the Happy or Blessed Arabia so named for the fruitfulness thereof in respect of the other two arabies called petrea and deserta that is stone and desert they have also much corn from ethiopia here we found marvellous number of strangers and peregrines or pilgrims of the which some came from syria some from persia and other from both the east indies that is to say both india within the river of ganges and also the other India, without the same river. I never saw in any place greater abundance and frequentation of people, for as much as I could perceive, by tarrying there the space of twenty days. These people resort thither for diverse causes, as some for merchandise, some to observe their vow of pilgrimage, and others to have pardon for their sins, as touching the which we will speak more hereafter. CHAPTER Seventeen of the pardons or indulgences of mecca now let us return to speak of the pardons of the pilgrims for which so many strange nations resort thither in the midst of the city is a temple in fashion like unto the colossus of rome the amphitheatrum i mean like unto a stage yet not of marbled or huge stones but of burnt bricks for this temple like unto an amphitheatre hath fourscore and ten or an hundred gates and is vaulted footnote a prodigious exaggeration burckhardt enumerates twenty the principal gates are seventeen in number in the old building they were more numerous joseph pitt says it hath about forty doors to enter into it not so much i think for necessity as figure for in some places they are closed by one another and a footnote the entrance is by a descent of twelve stairs or degrees in every part Footnote. Bartima alludes probably to the babesiada in the northern enciente of it, no. in the church porch are sold only jewels and precious stones in the entry the gilted walls shine on every side with incomparable splendor in the lower part of the temple that is under the vaulted places is seen a marvelous multitude of men for there are five or six thousand men that sell none other thing than sweet ointments and especially a certain odoriferous and most sweet powder wherewith dead bodies are embalmed footnote. i saw nothing of the kind though consistently in the haram at mecca of footnote. and hence all manner of sweet savours are carried in manner into the countries of all the mahometans it passeth all belief to think of the exceeding sweetness of these savours far surmounting the shops of the apothecaries the twenty-three day of may the pardons began to be granted in the temple and in what manner we will now declare the temple in the midst is open without any enclosing and in the midst also thereof is a turret of largeness of six passes in circuit Footnote. The caraba is an oblong, massive structure, eighteen paces in length, fourteen in breadth, and from thirty-five to forty feet in height. Burkhardt, Volume 1, page 248. My measurements concerning which more hereafter gave eighteen paces in breadth and twenty-two in length. And a footnote. An involute or hanged with cloth or tapestry of silk. Footnote. In ancient times possibly it was silk, now it is of silk and cotton mixed. And a footnote and passeth not the height of a man. They enter into the turret by a gate of silver, and is on every side beset with vessels full of balm. On the day of Pentecost lessons is granted to all men to see these things. The inhabitants affirm that balm or balsam, to be part of the treasure of the sultan that is the lord of Mecca, at every vault of the turret is fastened a round circle of iron, like the ring of a door. Footnote these are the brazen rings which served to fasten the lower edge of the Kiswa or the covering and a footnote. On the twenty two day of May a great multitude of people began early in the morning before day, seven times to walk about the turret, kissing every corner thereof, oftentimes feeling and handling them. From this turret about ten or twelve paces, is on other turret, like a chapel builded after a manner, this hath three or four entries in the midst thereof is a well of three score and ten cubits deep the water of this well is infected with saltpetre or salt nitre. footnote a true description of the water of the well Zemzem. And a footnote egypt men are thereunto appointed to draw water for all the people and when a multitude of people have seven times gone round about the first tourette they come to this well and touching the mouth of the brim thereof they say be it in the honour of god god pardon me and forgive me my sins when these words are said they that draw the water pour three buckets of water on the heads of every one of them and stand near about the well and wash them all wet from head to foot although they be apparelled with silk then doting fools dream that they are clean from all their sins and their sins are forgiven them they say furthermore that the first turret whereof we have spoken was the first house that ever abraham builded and therefore while they are yet all wet of the said washing they go to the mountain where as we have said before they are accustomed to sacrifice to abraham Footnote. there is great confusion in this part of bartima's narrative on the ninth of the hijah the pilgrims leave mount arafat on the tenth many hasten into mecca and enter the Kaaba. they then return to the valley of Muna, where their tents are pitched and they sacrifice the victims on the twelfth the tents are struck and the pilgrims re-enter mecca and a footnote and remaining there two days they make the said sacrifice to abraham at the foot of the mountain chapter eighteen the manner of sacrificing at mecca forasmuch as as for the most part noble spirits are delighted with novelties of great and strange things therefore to satisfy their expectation i will describe their manner of sacrificing therefore when they intend to sacrifice some of them kill three sheep some four and ten so that the butchery sometimes so floweth with blood that in one sacrifice are slain about three thousand sheep they are slain at the rising of the sun, and shortly after are distributed to the poor for God's sake. For I saw there a great and confounded multitude of poor people as to the number of twenty thousand. These make many and long ditches in the fields, where they keep fire with camel's dung, and roast or seethe the flesh that is given them, and eat it even there. I believe that these poor people came thither rather for hunger than for devotion, which I think by this conjecture that great abundance of cucumbers are brought thither from Arabia Felix, which they eat, casting away the paringes without their houses or tabernacles, where a multitude of the said poor people gather them, even out of the mire and the sand, and eat them, and are so greedy of these paringes that they fight who may gather most this well describes the wretched state of the poor takruri and other africans but it attributes them an unworthy motive i once asked a learned arab what induced the wretches to rush upon destruction as they do when the faith renders pilgrimage obligatory only upon those who can afford necessaries for the way by Allah, he replied, there is fire within their hearts, which can be quenched only at God's house and at His Prophet's tomb. And a footnote: the day following. Footnote: Bartima alludes to the day of Arafat, ninth of the hijjah It precedes, not follows, the day of sacrifice. And a footnote: their qadi which are in place with them as with us, the preachers of God's word, ascended into a high mountain to preach to the people that remaineth beneath, and preach to them in their language the space of an hour. The sum of the sermon was, that with tears they should bewail their sins, and beat their breasts with sighs and lamentation. And for the preacher himself with loud voice spake these words, O Abraham, beloved of God, O Isaac, chosen of God, and his friend, pray to God for the people of Nebi. When these words were said, Suddenly we heard lamenting voices. When the sermon was done, a rumour was spreaded that a great army of Arabians to the number of twenty thousand were coming, with which news that they kept the caravans being greatly feared, with all speed like madmen, fled into the city of Mecca, and we again bearing a news of the Arabians' approach, fled also into the cities." but while we were in the midway between the mountain and mecca we came by a despicable wall of the breadth of four cubits the people passing this wall had covered the way with stones and cause whereof they say to be this when abraham was commanded to sacrifice his son he willed his son isaac to follow him to the place where he should execute the commandment of god as isaac went to follow his father there appeared to him in the way a devil in likeness of a fair and friendly person not far from the said wall and asked him friendly whether he went isaac answered that he went to his father who tarried for him to this the enemy of mankind answered that it was best for him to tarry and if that he went any further his father would sacrifice him But Isaac, nothing fearing this advertisement of the devil, went forward that his father on him might execute the commandment of God, and with this answer, as they say, the devil departed. Yet, as Isaac went forward, the devil appeared to him again in the likeness of another friendly person, and forbade him as before. Then Isaac, taking up a stone in that place, hurled it at the devil and wounded him in the forehead in witness and remembrance whereof the people passing that way when they come near the wall are accustomed to cast stones against it and from thence go into the city footnote bartama alludes to the al kibir or the great devil as the buttress of almuna is called his account of satan's appearance is not strictly correct most muslims believe that abraham threw the stone at the regime the lapidated one but there are various traditions upon the subject and a footnote as we went this way the air was in manner darkened with a multitude of stock doves they say that these doves are of the progeny of the dove that spake in the ear of mahomet in likeness of the holy ghost A Christian version of an obscure Muslim legend about a white dove alighting on the Prophet's shoulder and appearing to whisper in his ear whilst he was addressing a congregation, Butler alludes to it. The apostles of this fierce religion, like Mahomet's, were as an rjion, the latter word being probably a clerical error for a pigeon. When describing the Kaaba, I shall have occasion to allude to the blue rocks of Mecca and a footnote these are seen everywhere as in the villages houses taverns and granures of corn and rice and are so tame that one can scarcely drive them away to take them or kill them is esteemed a thing worthy death and therefore a certain pension is given to nourish them in the temple footnote no one would eat the pigeons of the kaaba but in other places El medina for instance they are sometimes used as article of food and a footnote chapter twenty of divers things which chanced to me in mecca and of Zida, a part of mecca it may seem good here to make mention of certain things in which is seen sharpness of wit in the case of urgent necessity which hath no law as saith a proverb for i was driven to the point how i might privily escape from mecca therefore whereas my captain gave me charge to buy certain things as i was in the market-place a certain mamluk knew me to be a christian and therefore in his own language spake unto me these words that is where art thou footnote in the vulgar dialect and a footnote to whom i answered that i was a mahometan but he said thou sayest not truly i said again by the head of mahomet i am a mahometan then he said again come home to my house i followed him willingly when we were there he began to speak to me in the italian tongue and asked me again from whence i was affirming that he knew me and that i was no mahometan also that he had been some time in geneva and venice and that his words might be better believed he rehearsed many things which testified that he said truth when i understood this i confessed freely that i was a Romaine, but I professed to the faith of mahomet in the city of babylon and there made one of the mamluks whereof he seemed greatly to rejoice and therefore used me honourably but because my desire was yet to go further i asked the mahometan whether that city of mecca was so famous as all the world spake of it and inquired of him where was the great abundance of pearls precious stones spices and other rich merchandise that the brute went off to be in that city and all my talk was to the end to grope the mind of the mahometan that i might know the cause why such things were not brought thither as in time past but to avoid all suspicion i durst here make no mention of the dominion which the king of portugal had in the most part of that ocean and of the gulfs of the red sea and persia then he began with more attentive mind in order to declare unto me the cause what mart was not so greatly frequented as it had been before and laid the only fault thereof in the king of portugal but when he made mention of the king i began of purpose to detract his fame lest mahometan might think that i rejoiced that the christians came thither for merchandise when he perceived that i was of profession an enemy to the christians he had met me yet in greater estimation and proceeded to tell many things more When I was well instructed in all things, I spake unto him friendly these words in the Mahometan language, "Maneba min al-habib," is to say, "I pray you assist me." Footnote: I confess inability to explain these words. The printer has probably done more than the author to make him unintelligible. "Atmanik min al-nabi" in vulgar tongue and rather corrupt Arabic would mean, "I beg you to aid me for the sake of the prophet," and a footnote he asked me wherein to help me i said how i may secretly depart hence confirming by great others that i would go to those kings that were most enemies to the christians affirming furthermore that i knew certain secrets greatly to be esteemed which if if they were known to the said kings i doubted not but that in short time i should be sent for from mecca astonished at these words he said unto me i pray you what art or secret do you know I answered that i will give place to no man in making of all manner of guns and artillery then said he praised be muhammad who sent thee hither to do him and his saints good service and willed me to remain secretly in his house with his wife and required me earnestly to obtain leave of our captain that under his name he might lead from mecca fifteen camels laden with spices without paying any custom for they ordinarily pay to the sultan thirty seraphs of gold Footnote: Ashrafi or dokats, and a footnote for transporting of such merchandise for the change of so many camels i put him in good hope of his request he greatly rejoiced although he would ask for a hundred affirming that might easily be obtained by the privileges of the mamluks and therefore desired him that i might feel safe remain in his house then nothing doubting to obtain his request he greatly rejoiced in talking with me yet more freely gave me further instructions and counselled me to repair a certain king of the greater india in the kingdom and realm of Disham, footnote, the Deccan and the deccan wherefore we will speak hereafter therefore the day before the caravana departed from mecca he willed me to lie hide in the most secret part of his house The day following, early in the morning, the trumpeter of the caravan gave warning to all the Mamluks to make ready their horses, to direct their journey towards Syria, with proclamation of death to all that should refuse to do so. When I heard the sound of the trumpet, and was advertised of the straight commandment, I was marvelously troubled in mind, and with heavy countenance desired the Mahometan's wife not to beware of me and with earnest prayer committed myself to the mercy of god on the tuesday following our caravanah departed from mecca and i remained in mahometan's house with his wife but he followed the caravanah yet before he departed he gave commandment to his wife to bring me to the caravanah which should depart from Zida, the port of mecca footnote jidda footnote this port is distant from mecca forty miles whilst i lay thus hid in the mahometan's house i cannot express how friendly his wife used me this also furthered my good entertainment that there was in the house a fair young maid the niece of the mahometan who was greatly in love with me but at that time in the midst of the house troubles and fear the fire of venus was almost extinct in me and therefore with dalliances of fair words and promises i still kept myself in her favour therefore the friday following about noontide i departed following the caravan of india and about midnight we came to a certain village of the arabians and there remained the rest of that night and the next day till noon from hence we went forward on our journey towards Zidda, and came thither in the silence of the night the city hath no walls yet fair houses somewhat after the building of italy there is great abundance of all kind of merchandise by reason of resort in manner of all nations thither except jews and christians to whom it is not lawful to come thither as soon as i entered into the city i went into their temple or mesquita, where i saw a great multitude of poor people as about the number of twenty-five thousand attending a certain pilot who should bring them into their country here i suffered much trouble and affliction being forced to hide myself among these poor folks feigning myself very sick to the end that none should be inquisitive what i was whence i came or whither i would the lord of this city is the sultan of babylon brother of the sultan of mecca who is his subject the inhabitants are mahometans the soil is unfruitful and lacketh fresh water the sea beateth against the town There is nevertheless abundance of all things but brought thither from other places as from babylon of nilus arabia felix and divers other places the heat is here so great that men are in manner dried up therewith and therefore there is ever a great number of sick folks the city containeth about five hundred houses after fifteen days were passed i contacted a pilot who was ready to depart from thence into Persia and agreed of the price to go with him there lay at anchor in the haven almost a hundred brigantines and foisters footnote a foist or bust was a kind of felucca partially decked and a footnote with divers boats and barks of sundry sorts both with oars and without oars, therefore, after three days giving wind to our sails, we entered into the Red Sea, otherwise named Mary Eritherium. And a footnote. End of appendix four. Part two.